So what does it mean when people say you're not metabolically healthy? What is metabolic syndrome? Who is this metabolic health guru or what are these people saying and what does it all mean? So first of all, please scroll down a little bit and leave me a five-star review and put in a couple of nice words. So anytime you hear somebody talking about metabolic health and they're obsessed with keto diets and carbohydrates and insulin resistance, they're probably just a grifter trying to sell you something. Let's just get that out of the way. This is not what we're talking about. We're going to talk about the actual definition of real metabolic syndrome because metabolic syndrome is actually a true syndrome. Um, and it's not something new. You know, I learned this back in medical school. This is over 20 years ago. And the uh, definition of metabolic syndrome is actually something that was defined back in the 1980s. Uh, don't know exactly when, but it's a collection of about five things. You have to meet these five uh, criteria. Number one was your waistline. Men with a waistline over 40, and I believe women it was 35. That was one of the five criteria. Number two was having high blood pressure. If you had high blood pressure, that was another criteria. Now, blood pressure kind of goes along with obesity, so those are kind of related. Um, the next one was elevated blood sugars. And if you listen to the last one I talked about, prediabetes or insulin resistance, you kind of know what I'm talking about. But these are people with not normal um, blood sugars or insulin resistance or whatever, what have you. Um, back in the 1980s, when this was first defined, we did not really have lipoprotein IR and all these other ways of measuring insulin resistance in euglycemic people, people who have normal uh, blood sugars. Um, but having a high blood sugar is definitely one of these uh, forms of, uh, is one of the criteria. Um, the next one was having high blood triglycerides. Now, this also goes uh, with high blood sugars. Triglycerides are obviously, if you've listened to me enough, you know that this is a type of fat that is found in your bloodstream. Um, you eat too much fat, basically, and you have high triglycerides, or you, it could be you eat just way too much uh, uh, of anything. Any amount of extra calories um, can do that. Um, the next one was having low HDL. Now, back in the 1980s, they probably didn't know this, but when you have high triglycerides, your HDL cholesterol is going to be lower. Same with your LDL cholesterol will be lower because the amount of cholesterol that can be in lipoproteins, and if you don't know what lipoproteins are, how that works, listen to my lipoprotein podcast because we go into detail into what are lipoproteins, what do they do, how do they carry cholesterol and triglycerides and what have you. But low HDL cholesterol was part of this metabolic syndrome. And we know that if you have high triglycerides, um, there's less in, less uh, cholesterol in each HDL lipoprotein because there's not enough space for the cholesterol if you have more triglycerides in there. Those were the criteria, right? It's a collection of about five things. Now, in order to be considered that you have metabolic syndrome, you had to meet three of these criteria. If you had any of these three, you technically had metabolic syndrome. Back when I was in med school and residency, we used to tell people that people who have metabolic syndrome 
have more coronary artery disease than people who don't. So people were like, wait a second, why? What's going on here? What do you mean? So if you think about it just logically, you are taking the worst of the worst. If you took a bunch of people and you want to see who had the highest rates of coronary artery disease, well, you took the ones who were insulin resistant, had the biggest waistlines, they were obese, highest blood pressures, so they're also destroying their arteries that way, had very high triglycerides, meaning they ate a lot of fat or they were obese, had eating too many calories in general, and had low HDL. Back then, we thought HDL was protective, um, but also it means you had high LDL, right? If you had all of those things together, you were selecting out the worst of the worst, and there's no question why they had more cardiovascular disease uh, than not. The other thing that we found about metabolic syndrome that's interesting um, is that it is it worsens almost all forms of chronic illness. Let's say you have rheumatoid arthritis or hypertension or uh, anything, any chronic illness, autoimmune disease, um, almost any chronic illness, heart failure, you know, peripheral heart disease, coronary heart disease, dementia, vascular dementia, whatever it is, if you had metabolic syndrome, it was making it, it would make it worse um, because you're combining almost all of the worst case scenarios. You have the worst blood pressure, the worst obesity, the worst triglycerides, the worst insulin resistance, the worst HDL, LDL, cholesterol, you know, whatever. You're selecting out the people with the worst of the worst and wondering, uh, well, you're not really wondering, but the people with the worst of the worst have the worst of the worst. Um, that's kind of how it works. So the question now is, what percentage of the current U.S. population has metabolic syndrome? So it really depends on how you define metabolic syndrome. If you use the definition that I just gave you, uh, quite a bit of people have it. Now, if you tack on being overweight and obesity, which is kind of built into it, we know according to the CDC guidelines um, or the CDC website and statistics that over 80% or at least 70 to 80% of Americans are overweight. So that goes with the waistline. Um, how many of them are obese? About 39-ish to 41% of Americans are obese. If you want to look at type 2 diabetes or insulin resistance, especially in the way that I define it, go back to my pre-diabetes podcast and listen to it. If you want to go into that and how many people actually have pre-diabetes or insulin resistance measured by lipoprotein IR or fasting insulin, you know, hemoglobin A1C, fasting glucose, however you want to measure it, it you end up with a about, you know, anywhere between 15 to maybe 35% of the population that has euglycemic uh, blood sugar levels, but are still insulin resistant, right? And if you don't know what this means, go back and listen to the pre-diabetes uh, podcast. Um, so that's a huge percentage of the population. If you were to add that all up, what percentage of the United States has all of those things or a collection of most of those things or quite a bit of those things you're looking probably, if you just counted the obesity alone, you're looking at about 80%. Tack on hypertension, insulin resistance. And insulin resistance we know is 9%. Now, obviously, there's some crossover. A lot of the overweight people also have insulin resistance and hypertension and whatnot. 
but you get all those things together, low HDL, big waistlines, whatever, you're looking at upwards of like 90% of the population that has some form of metabolic disease slash syndrome. And the problem with this is that it worsens everything. Um, We know that smoking, for example, when you looked at studies of over 2 million people, smoking has been shown um, to be causal or at least correlated with 34 other disease states that we never even knew that smoking was related to. You know, we know about the COPD, the emphysema, peripheral artery disease, coronary artery disease, dementia, vascular dementia, what have you, aortic rupture, aortic aneurysm, you know, all the usual suspects, all the various cancers that it could cause or contribute to. But we found 34 other diseases that people who smoked had that people who didn't smoke didn't have. So the question now becomes, of all the people who have at least some form of metabolic dysfunction or metabolic syndrome, uh, what can we do about it? So it is a huge problem. The vast majority of my patients, as a cardiologist, obviously there's selection bias because I'm a cardiologist. You don't end up seeing a cardiologist unless you have some cardiometabolic problems. But the vast majority of my patients have some amount of, uh, not some amount, but a lot of amount of metabolic uh, syndrome or metabolic disease. Now, my issue with this is that a lot of these influencers or medfluencers or healthfluencers, whatever you want to call them, they want to paint this picture that the, the cholesterol is not a problem if you're metabolically healthy. And they define metabolically healthy as like being super lean and disease-free. Well, my response to them would be, no shit, Sherlock. If you're super lean and healthy, and I don't agree with all of that, all of what they say, but if you're like super lean and healthy, you're not obese, you don't have a big waistline, your LDL and HDL cholesterol are fine, and you don't meet any of the criteria of metabolic syndrome, you're super athletic, you're young and healthy, your, your cholesterols are normal, you're not at risk for many of these chronic diseases, right? Also, your blood pressure is low, like all of that, all the definition of metabolic syndrome. However, where they make the mistake, and this is where the nuance comes in, but where they make the mistake is that they don't differentiate what about if you have high LDL cholesterol or high ApoB. If you have high ApoB, even though you're quote-unquote metabolically healthy, let's say you have nothing else. You don't have a big waistline. You don't have hypertension. You don't have any of these other things with your HDL and, and, and blood sugars and insulin resistance and all of that. Super young, healthy person, you know, kind of like the PISA trial or the Cardia trial that I've discussed before. Let's say you're that healthy, right? But you have an LDL cholesterol of 160, right? Or your ApoB is 145. Uh, does that mean you're not going to have atherosclerosis? No, of course not. That would be a pipe dream. There's literally no one on earth who fits that criteria where they're super quote unquote metabolically healthy, but they have a super high cholesterol and they're going to be okay. We know how this ends. Just come follow me around one day. I'll have you come to the hospital, to the coronary care unit, and you can look at all the 
35 year olds that had open heart surgery, 40 year olds that had open heart surgery who were super lean, super athletic, just had a LDL of 245, right? Plenty of those. I don't think anybody's denying that. But these metabolic health gurus seem to want to deny that, um, which to me really makes no sense because like the science is there. What you're saying is just nonsense um, and it's counterproductive and it's harming the public. You're telling people who are young, eat all the saturated fat you want, get your LDL up to 345, 545, whatever, and you'll be fine in 20, 30 years when you're supposed to be, you know, midlife or whatever. You're not going to be fine. You're going to be having open heart surgery with seven vessel bypass, right? That's just how it works. Um, It just makes no sense. So that would be my thoughts on metabolic health, what it actually is, what it actually isn't. Yes, it is an actual thing, but it's not like the way these medfluencers and healthfluencers that are trying to harm you uh, describe it. So I hope that helps. Go down, scroll down, give me some awesome reviews. And we, I would love to, love to have you join my community. If you're interested in this kind of stuff, join my community, drallo.net slash community, or click on my links anywhere on however you found me in this podcast or wherever. My links are there. You can join my community. We literally talk about this stuff all day and all night. You have full access to a cardiologist uh, at all times. I will see you in the next episode. Peace. Peace.